This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Oh, yeah, is that okay? No apologies for the voice. Um, the cold has gone, but the coughing and spluttering remains. So if, um, whilst during this, I bring up a lung, it's for Jesus. Okay? So um, we're going to get straight into it. Okay, you know now you have just been in the presence of the Most High God. You are still in the presence of the Most High God. And he brings his word to us this morning. It's as important as the worship. You know what? We need bread, don't we? We need meat. We need the word of the Lord in our lives. It is vital to live. It is sustenance to our soul. So today I'm going to be speaking. Do you know what? A lot of what I actually wanted to say has been said. So I'll keep it really brief, just about an hour and a half. Are we all okay with that? You know, so we'll just get on with that. But um, so uh, we're talking today about God, duh, and um, brain development and attachment disorders and orders, okay? And I've titled this um, speak, I don't normally title them, but ABC has taught me well, and now I give them titles, and I've called this a blessed relationship, because you are in a relationship with the Most High God. Do you understand that? This is not just something we do, we come to, and we get to enjoy on a Sunday morning. It is life to our very bones. It is a relationship, and the best relationships are reciprocal, aren't they? You know, um, Christianity is the only faith where you are in a reciprocal relationship with the deity you worship. You are in a relationship that you love and you get loved back. Does that make sense? That doesn't happen in other other, um, faiths. You know, for Islam, it's, it's a constant trying. It's a constant, you know, making sure Allah's happy. That's really glib. I, I trust you know where I'm going with that. But with Christianity, it is God loves you so I can love others. He's forgiven me so I can forgive others. Do you see what I mean? And because he does that for me, I shine that straight back and then I spread it abroad amongst other people. It's entirely reciprocal. What he gives, you give back and then you give to others. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't end. It doesn't depend on anything we've done. It is entirely by his grace and favor. Isn't that beautiful? It's just amazing. I love it. We're going to be focusing on one scripture. Lee, can we get that up? It's Numbers 6. Okay? I love a little bit of Old Testament action, don't you? It's good, isn't it? Because it's still all about Jesus. Right? It's still all Jesus. Jesus is suffused. Right, so here we go. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. So the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Yeah, you know, you see, you're not praising me. You're praising God when you say that's superb. All right, so is that all right? No, just two people here think that's all right. That the Lord is making his face shine on you right now. So who thinks that's pretty spit in your neck? Fantastic. Yeah, still two people, but a couple. But you know what? They were really convincing. So we're just going to go on. Right. So the background to this is the Israelites were ready to move. They were at the foot of Mount Sinai. Moses was the boss. Right? He was there. He's going. And the Lord is speaking directly to Moses. And he says, I need the people to move. It's time to take them. Let's go. So they're going into 
Debenhams, what? The promised land. They go into the promised land. So this is what God has led them. They're exiled, but they're going to the promised land. And he tells them, you need to tell them all these laws. You need to tell them everything they need to do, but you also need to tell them how much I bless them. So when they go, they go as a blessed people. Now, this is right at the beginning of Numbers. At the very end of Numbers, this is repeated a little bit. Because in the middle of Numbers, the Israelites become a little bunch of morning minis, I wanted to say then. But they, there's much discontent about the food, about the, you know, the sleeping arrangements, about, you know, the pillows are too hard, you know, it's all gone a bit wrong. They ignore travel lodge, hypnos beds. It's all terrible. And it's like, my gosh, Lord, can't expect us to do this. And God's like, do you know what? All right, pack it in. I'll keep you here until you learn that I am Lord. So Numbers ends as it begins with them preparing to move. Church, I truly believe that God is preparing us to move. I believe that this is a word in season. I wasn't going to preach this. On Friday morning, I was in um, a lecture. Well, it was more meeting with some psychologists. And they put up a slide. And you know when your heart just drops to your knees and you think, well, there we are then, Lord, I've got to change my message. But I thought, no, I'll just carry on with the old one. Then we were in youth and we were talking afterwards. And he just confirmed, no, I've got to change it. I've got to change it. So this is a word in season for individuals, but I truly believe it's a word in season for the church as well. I'm not trying not to big myself up when I say that, okay, because it's not me, it's all God. But he is preparing to move us, okay? He is mobilizing his people. And he does that as a group. But in order for a group to move, individuals need to be moved as well. So we're talking about attachment theory today. The most beautiful relationships are born when children are born. We are hardwired for relationship. You are hardwired. You were created for communication. You are hardwired to love and be loved. Brain development in the last trimester of when a baby's in its mother's womb is extreme. We see the development of the brain. And at that point in the womb, babies are able to pick up and discern their mother's voice, their father's voice, but also detect any physical threat to them and their host outside of the womb. Did you know that? Unborn babies can detect threat. Okay? So your brain at that point before you were born is developing at a rate it will never develop again but for two periods during your life. The first is when a baby is 18 months to three years old. At that point, we see a huge shift in what a baby is able to do, don't we? Walking, talking, even enjoying music, learning to speak, learning to speak different languages. We see these huge, huge paradigm shifts for babies at that age. At that point, we go through a bit of a lull. Nothing changes during that time. We call it a surge. So what is there gets bigger. Okay? Everybody got that? That happens again in adolescence. Right? Where you have another surge. At that point, it focuses on different parts of the brain. The part of your brain that gives you good judgment and rational thinking, forward planning, and emotion control comes when you're about 25. I've got nine and a half years left. Okay. So, but at that teenage phase, it's other parts of the brain are growing. And at that point, the part of your brain called the amygdala, amygdala becomes really important. And it's that brain that makes you totally unable to recognize risk, totally unable to say, that's a bad idea, and totally unable to recognize and put a label to correct emotions. Teenagers, you are idiots. All right? 
And that's not me, that's neuroscience saying it, okay? But that's what happens. You are unable to join those thoughts up. Does that mean you don't know right from wrong? Absolutely not. You're still without excuse, okay? At that point, around 25, you hit a lull. Your brain's as good as it's going to be. You've got about a 10-year window. Because once you get older, your brain plasticity declines. You're less able to change. You're less able to do the things that you used to be able to do, which is why people of a certain age are very, very stubborn. Right? Because they can't change. Their brain is wired. Because when your neurons are wiring, they are firing. And if they wire and fire together, that is a fixed thing in your brain. This happens from the second you are born. Okay? You are in an environment. The human brain is the only organ in the world, in the animal kingdom, and in any part of creation that is not designed to work in isolation. To work functionfully and to work properly, the brain needs an environment. It needs relationship. Babies are born looking for relationship. Right? Looking for relationship. And the mother and father, to a lesser or greater extent, kind of a political correct, but we usually say the mother, don't we? The, she is the absolute conduit of environment for the baby. She is an extension of the baby's brain. That's how important parenting is. If you can't do it, don't have them. Right? Because that's how important it is. You are responsible for the development of your baby's brain. There is evidence that children born into situations where there is domestic violence can detect that threat at that age and their brain shuts down. At that age. You have a window of opportunity. We can make it better with help and with support through the years, but your brain will shut down. Those synapses, those neurons fire and wire together, and they fire together, wire together fear. You see, you were built for love, but you learn fear. Fear is a learned thing. In God, there is no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Your brain develops and you learn fear. You learn anxiety. No blame here now, okay? Because this is an organic thing but your brain will do that. And it does that to keep you safe. Are you with me? So these things wire and fire together. The ability to love, the ability to react, the ability to respond, the ability to smile. All those things wire and fire together. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So your brain will shut off the neurons it doesn't need. So as you keep practicing this stuff, the more you are loved, the more you are able to love. Right? So the more you are loved, you are increasing a child's ability to love the more you love them. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I just love this stuff. I find this stuff fascinating. Do you? Maybe not. Maybe not. Just me. Selfish. But there we go. Okay? So, we are born expecting relationship. When we come to Christ, when we are born again, we are born again expecting relationship. God desires relationship in the innermost parts with you. So your attachment to God should be like that of a newborn baby with its mother. He is your environment. Is this okay? Are you with me? So he is infusing and infusing you with everything he wants to give you. You then can model and mirror that. You are blessed to be a blessing. Do you see it? This is how it works. So the more you look at God and model yourself in him, on him, the more you are able to do that. Your brain grows with God. All those neuropathways that were shut down can reopen. With God, there's always hope. Yes? Yes! Gosh, you 
not yet. You weren't in worship, just saying. <laughs> we are created to love, to love. And I love this piece of scripture. I absolutely adore it because our relationship with God is blessed and divine. So you are born, I've been born again into his family. He is now an extension of you, but you are entirely in him. Right? So he is teaching you and showing you. This morning, his face has been shining on you. It's always shining on, it, on you, but sometimes we don't look. So his face is shining directly upon you. And when that face shines upon you, you feel his love. His love changes you from within. A brain grows from up, from bottom to top, inside out. That's why things change at different rates. So you are growing inside out. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Which is why, throw your hands in the air all you like. Like you just don't care. Okay? But a changed life is a sign that you love God. It's inside out. Outward is marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. But it's got to be inside first. It's inside that matters. It's the inside that changes the world of the people around you. So this prayer, this amazing prayer, okay? This is an exhortation on the priests to bless. We are the priests of God. We are set apart a royal priesthood. Yes? Absolutely we are. Can we put the whole thing up there? Is that possible, Lee? I didn't say that before. I'm sorry. Not that I hope you can do it, but can you do it? Okay. God's divine favor rests on us all. The end. The end. Not deserved, not bought, not warranted, but his divine favor rests on us all. And this is what he is saying here. We are now part of that family and his divine favor rests on us. And the blessing is solemn. When you say God bless you, that shouldn't be a trite throwaway thing. Because when you bless them, you're doing this. You're saying this to them, aren't you? So it should be a bless you. All right, see you. Don't care. But bless you. You're right? You know, we throw those words away. We do not chip away at the glory of God. When we bless people in his name, we bless people in his name. Right? So when you are with people and you are blessing them, they should walk away from you feeling blessed. Just putting that out there. If you are blessing people in the name of God, they should walk away from you feeling blessed. Thank you very much, Lee. I appreciate it. Okay? A blessing is a verb, a doing word when it's attached to an object. So when you are blessing in the name of the Lord, you are doing something to someone else. The word bless on its own is just a noun. It's just a name of a thing. But when you attach it to something, you are doing something. I mean, you do something for God, you're doing it as unto the Lord. So when you bless someone in the name of God, you're blessing God. Yes? It's not rocket science, is it? But this is the whole thing about attachment. All of this, all of this is about Jesus. So if you're in the vine, you stay grafted and attached. You see, it's possible to grow up with a huge maladjusted and maladaptive brain born out of a lack of attachment. Things like we see in neglected children, in abused children, in orphans. I tell you what, these families coming over on boats, you know, we allowed migrants, I like to call them people, you know, they're coming over, you can see the faces of some of these children and I'm thinking, oh, they've shut down. They've shut down. 
And that maladaptive brain process does that to keep you safe. If we stay attached to Jesus, we can combat that maladaptive brain process, which says, I can't do it, it's too hard. Babies do something called self-soothing, and this is especially prevalent in children who have been abused or neglected. What a child does when it wants your attention, what does a baby do to get your attention? It cries. What do you do when your baby cries, those of you who have children? You pick it up. You pick it up. And you look at it and you love it and you do what it needs to have done to it to address its needs. That very process, just picking it up, just looking at it, just clutching it, makes its brain grow. Children who are neglected will, in time, what we call self-soothe. They'll just stop crying. Nobody comes anyway. So that part of their brain shuts down. It doesn't expect help. We call it learned helplessness. Does that break your heart? Learned helplessness. This is in newborn babies where their brain can no longer expect anything to come and help them. So they just take care of it themselves. They shut down. These babies say they become hypervigilant, which means they're really nervous. They're looking around the place. They jump. Are they just nothing? Don't bother crying. Don't make eye contact. Don't smile when you smile at them. There's nothing coming back. You know what? This stuff is important. You are blessed to be a blessing. You know what? We can change all of this in Jesus' name. There are things that are happening in our world that breaks the heart of God. And he sets people in place to say, we change this. And we change it with Jesus. So when you bless in the name of the Lord, you are blessing someone in the name of the Lord and you bless him. And his heart is always to love. His heart is always to rescue the orphan and the child. You know, the widow, the orphan. Why do you think in scripture there's a special place reserved for people who abuse children? When you abuse a child, when you abuse the relationship, you go to the very heart of what God wants for you. He desires relationship with us. When you defile that in somebody, when an abuser defiles that in a child, that is directly at the heart of God, and God will not have it. Warning. Right? So we stand up and we say, no, not good enough. We work with parents who aren't very good at parenting, don't we? Because some people haven't been nurtured themselves. They don't know how to nurture. So you know what? We teach them how to nurture. That's okay, actually. Right? But what it does is it makes life better for everyone. Everybody gets to grow. Everybody gets to develop. In this scripture, Lord is said three times because it foreshadows Christ. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, when you bless, you do it as to all of them. No, the, the, the Old Testament isn't a dead book that you needn't bother with, because Jesus isn't in it. He's all through it. Some things stop at the cross, of course they do, and some things carried on. What carried on was God. You cannot take this out of the equation. Is that okay? Is that okay? He is always the way. He is always the truth, and he is always the life. And where he is, there will be liberty. So we can release people in Jesus' name, can't we? Isaiah 58 says, you know what? Is this the sort of fast I want? That you can just go out and do what you like? No, I expect you to not just take the yoke off people, but to break it in the name of the Lord. We take the yoke off people who don't know this stuff and have had a rotten time of it in the name of the Lord. When you bless, you bless in his name. You bless yourself, you bless him. It's all about him. Everything is by grace and for grace. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, isn't it? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you do to these little ones, you do to me. I told you it wasn't going to be long. You've just done point one. 
So when we ask for blessing, we ask for five things. There's five things in here that we ask for. Yes? I'm not coughing yet, so all is well. I may just take a sip of water to allay a little tickle. I said, it's gin, actually. No. And I just say, for health and safety purposes, no gin has been consumed in church this morning. Okay. So here are the five things we hope for, right? Blessing and hope. First, he makes his face shine. I love that. I love that. But more of that. Be gracious. He turns his face towards us and he gives us peace. Those are the five things. When you bless someone, that's the five things you're doing. Five things. God bless. Two words, but you're doing five things. You are speaking God's love over them. First of all, okay? So you bless and you hope. You are speaking favor and protection over people. Over yourself and over other people. Because we ask for blessing for ourselves sometimes, don't we? And that's okay. But when you ask, you know, it's like, uh, Lord, if you could just bless me with your presence and a whole lot of cash. If that's... No, you know, but what you're actually saying is, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. The first thing you're asking when you say, Lord, bless me, is you're praying his protection and favor. Okay? I mean, you bless other people. You're offering them the God, Lord's protection and favor. Isn't that a wonderful place to be? Read Psalm 91 if you want to know about God's protection. 10,000 shall come against you. You won't even know what's happening. The angels will lift you up so you won't even strike your foot against a stone. His protection and favor. Trouble you will have in this life, Jesus says. But you know what? We are elevated. We are out of the storm, aren't we? Because he reigns in our hearts. He says, I'm with you. Surely to the end of the age. You see, when we bless, it's all about trust and faith. Isn't it? It's all about trust and faith. You want to bless other people? You have to trust him. You have to have faith in him for yourself. Because how can you bless other people if you don't believe you are blessed? How can you do that? They're just words. And if I am committed to one thing in my Christian walk, it's not to use just words. Preach the gospel at all times. You know, bless you. Protection and favor. Um, and at the end, um, in, in one of the Psalms, which one is that? In time, yeah, Psalm 5, it talks about this. His protection and favor will cover you like a shield. In those days, a shield, it was called a tzina, covered you from head to foot. So the protection and favor of the Lord is all-encompassing. Isn't that beautiful? See, no word is ever wasted in the Bible, is it? His protection is all-encompassing. Sideways, from above, from behind, he's got you covered church god's got this all right whatever you're going through god's got it believe that now today in your heart you've had that worship you've had that prayer some of you are going through stuff i don't know what you know it's none of my business either but god's got it do you believe that yeah. believe it today believe it today watch things change god has got it he's got it covered the second is and this is my most wonderfully favorite thing he makes his face to shine upon us that breaks my heart. I don't know why. That is the, it breaks my heart. How many of you yesterday today stood in the sun and just did that? His face is shining upon you. You can rest in that, can't you? His face shines upon you. I absolutely love that. He is pleased by us. He is pleased by us. When your face shines upon something, he is pleased with us. And I'm mindful of, you know, the scripture in Genesis where the Lord walks in the cool of the day to be with Adam and Eve. He desires relationship with you. He loves you. The, the, the psalmist tells us, where the apple of his eye. Isn't that beautiful? All these scriptures, do not doubt his love for you. And let, you know what? He is making his face to shine upon you. 
So let his face shine upon you. We look away. We turn our backs. God is always pursuing. His love never sleeps. It's relentless. He comes after us. Stop turning your back. Let his face shine upon you. You know what? If you love the Lord, it's not selfish to bask in it. It's lovely to bask in it. And it makes your brain grow. <laughs> you are hard wired for love. Why are you denying yourself it? Some of us here are denying ourselves the opportunity to love God in the way he wants to be loved. You are stunting yourself. You are crippling what God wants to do in you because you are shutting it off. So your neurons, your synapses can't fire or wire together because you're putting a limit on it. Let his face shine upon you. Your heart grows, your life grows, your brain grows. Your emotions grow. You know, all of this is about emotional health, good emotional health. Next time I speak, if I'm ever allowed to speak again, I'll probably do some stuff about fear and anxiety. Okay? Because it's all this. We're not talking about complex ill health here, complex mental ill health. We are talking about emotional well-being and emotional health. And God says, I would have you well. I would have you well. You know? Because it's, it, it, he, his favor shines upon us. Let your brain embrace everything God has for you. And by that, I mean not think it through. I mean, just give yourself up to it. This is about trust, faith, and obedience. God says, bless the people like this. Because I'm telling you. So we have to do this. It's not a suggestion. I think we look at the Bible sometimes and it's like, won't do that. Won't do that. That's a bit difficult. I mean, fair enough if you're in something like numbers and it's the law, you know, kill a pigeon because you've got mold in your house. Fair enough. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, you know, when it says, you know, give me your problems, Jesus says. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. Castle. But we don't. I'll tell you why, because change is hard. And sometimes we like to identify ourselves by what is actually wrong, not what is actually right in our lives. And because it's hard to change, we cling on to it. It becomes our reality and it becomes our defining moment. So sooner than change, we hold on to it. We know it's not right. We know it's dysfunctional. But we won't change because change is scary. Be brave and change. Be brave. Be brave and courageous, for I am with you. It's all in here. If you want promises, this book is chock-a-block with them. It's like, oh, I can't do it because, I can't do it because. You know what? His face is shining upon you. What can't you do when God's face is shining upon you? If God is for us, who can stand against us? His face is shining on you. Not just, you know, give me a little bit of a, right? Or a, just, no, a slight grin. His face is shining upon you. There we are. Okay, good, I will. Um, next thing, be gracious. Ah, be gracious. In all you do, be gracious. It's hard, isn't it? Because some people test my grace considerably. But when you are gracious, you are showing mercy and compassion. If you are not gracious, you are actually withholding mercy and compassion. Now, nobody here would ever say, I withheld mercy and was, you know, not compassionate, mostly because I didn't care. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't say we do that. But when we are not gracious, when we do not extend grace to people as a Christian, we withhold mercy and compassion from them. Oh, sorry if it's tough. But you know what? You've just had an amazing time of worship, so your hearts are wide open, ready to receive this word. Isn't God marvelous? Take it on the chin. Take it on the chin. 
don't think, well, that's not for me. Don't start blaming other people. Don't start saying, oh, yes, God, but... Right? Take it on the chin. If you need to make changes, pray to God and start making changes. Don't wait until you go home. Make that covenant with God now that you are going to be different. You know, when we are merciful and compassionate, we forgive sins. Otherwise, we're not forgiven. We forget that bit, don't we? Forgive sins if it's okay with you and doesn't make you go out of your way. And if you're in a group, because then you can look really spiritual and magnanimous. Yes, I forgave them. Just the way I roll. Right? You're not, no, no, no. You forgive, right? Because God decrees it. And if you don't, you're not forgiven. You're only human. If you're whistling at me, just say it. <laughs> Isn't it? You are not forgiven. Oh, that makes me stay awake at night. We live in obedience to Christ. Be holy, Jesus says, as I am holy. Do you see, all this stuff is in the Bible. If we sing it, I'm putting it up there that we maybe believe it. Would you agree? So if we believe it, then we should act like it. Uh, because the worship part is easy. Not the leading worship, or that I totally, totally admire, and you have my deepest respect, all of you, all of you, all of you. But you see, it's easy to get swept up in a wave of emotion. It's easy to, to think, oh, that song's amazing, and it's speaking into my heart, and it's speaking everything I want to do, and yeah, this is easy. But really, it's just five minutes of your life. Because if it's just a song, it's just a song. If you're worshipping, you're worshipping. And things happen when we worship God. When we worship God, he comes in and acts on our behalf. Okay, but if it's just a song you've sung, it's just a song you've sung. And you've had that lovely experience for a moment, and your body filled with endorphins, and it was lovely, and you enjoyed it, and you're probably still basking a little bit in the glow now. The endorphins are probably wearing off a little bit, so it's harder to concentrate on what I'm saying because it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Because he keeps you tuned in. So if you were working on your emotions, okay, I'm saying it was lovely and you had a great time and your brain enjoyed it. But if you were worshipping, you made your heart crack wide open and God heard it. Right? And he deserves the worship. He wants our worship. When you worship, you don't do it for you. You do it for God. All the time. Every time. Not for the people around you. Not for yourself. Always for God. It's hard to with, not withhold stuff sometimes because we like to, we're human and our sense of justice likes to think people get punished and get what they deserve. So we withhold stuff. We withhold forgiveness. We withhold mercy. We withhold smiles. Don't we? I'm not looking at them today. <laughs> no? Yeah, oh, did, you, did I see you in terms? No, I didn't see you. did see you. just didn't want to say hello. Right? <laughs> We withhold, you know? And we talked about this on Friday, don't we? We said, you know, not you know, like when you walk through a town centre, but when you're on your own and somebody passes, do you smile and say hello to them? I do. I'm that scary person. Oh, yeah, right. Never met me. Never met me. Oh, yeah, right. right? Always. Because you just do it. And he was like, why do you do that? It's, it's weird. I don't understand it. Why do you do that? And you are right. It is a bit strange. And that person's probably thinking, oh, don't say anything just in case it could go either way. You know, we, we don't know where. 
Okay, I could be around. You know, just hope they come quick. But we do it because, and this is why I knew I had to do them. Because when I was thinking, why don't you do it? And I was doing some reading. It's because we're built for relationship, even with strangers. So that's why when you're walking down, you can't stop yourself sometimes from going. In car parks, when people let you out, how many of you go? As if they're your best friend. This is it. Because we're wired for relationship, and relationship is reciprocal. And when somebody smiles at you, it's hard not to smile back, isn't it? Because we're empathic. So when somebody smiles, if I started coughing, I guarantee you somebody in this room would start coughing. If I yawned, you'd all be like that. Because it's empathic, because I'm doing it, because I'm modeling it, and you would copy. So when we smile, people smile back. It's a brain response. But when we choose not to smile at somebody who's smiling at us, that is a choice. That is a choice. To withhold and to hold back. You know what I was saying about the, the self-soothing baby, the learned helplessness? You know, with attachment theory, you only need one person putting good attachments into your life. You might have had rubbish parents, okay? Rubbish grandparents. Everything might have been a bit chaotic and horrible. But you know what? You only need one person who is a consistent and reliable caregiver to put good things into your life and your brain expands. God is the ultimate consistent and reliable caregiver. If you just relied on him, you would see things be so different. You wouldn't have to think about not smiling at somebody because you would just do it. Because when you're doing it, you're doing it to bless somebody else, but ultimately you're blessing him. So we don't have to think about it. So when we are with people, you see, you could be withholding from somebody when you are their one good thing. So that's what we've got to be mindful of, isn't it? You know, I, I, I was in this meeting, and a woman I work with, and she's so amazing. And she said her, her upbringing was a mixed bag. She was horribly neglected, but she had a good teacher. She loved going to school. She felt normal at school. And her teacher put all that good stuff in. One responsible caregiver is all it is. So, you know, teachers, you could be that one. You will be, you will be, I guarantee you, right? Teachers and trainee teachers, you will be that one good thing. It's not an if, because there will be children there who need that one good thing and you will be it. In Charlie Tots, you are that one good thing to some of those little children. This church is the one good thing in some people's lives. If you're a parent, you might, have a, a, you might be a single parent. I'm a single parent. You might have a rubbish ex. But you know what? You are that one good thing in that child's life. And the one good thing, and this is why I love God so much. It doesn't matter about the oceans of horrible, bad, ugly stuff. The one good thing will always wash the bad away. Always, 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 always. You have to believe good triumphs evil every single time. Every single time. You are to somebody... Every single person here is that one good thing. So that's why don't withhold. Don't withhold. Don't withhold your smiles. Don't withhold your grace. Don't withhold your, yourself. Sometimes we're so concerned about what we look like or what we act like or who we're talking to or what time is it. Oh, do you know what? Just be yourself. His face is shining on you. Be gracious. You are the one good thing. And you change the brain pathology of human beings human beings when you are that and you make their life different you make their lives better in jesus name you gotta love this stuff haven't you stuff is real amazing be no um 
life just jumped with those new t-shirts on they be a nice human be a nice human amen right okay last last one here and then i've only got one more point and then maybe a video and then just some stuff okay don't worry okay the last bit is okay no he makes his face turn towards you so he doesn't just shine on you see god doesn't withhold it's the fourth thing god doesn't withhold he could do that yep so you gossiping andrea it's this today no he's like i turn my face towards you i give you my approval and when i have god's approval it makes me want to be a better person so you know i'm just going to be vulnerable to you i love a bit of gossip oh i love it so i'm on twitter i only follow celebrities on twitter you know if you're a civilian don't bother because i just love and i love it when celebrities fall out i love it and it's wrong and i know and i'm being vulnerable to you but you know god says but you still have my approval andrea because i'm changing i'm trying but if i was contributing to that that's not okay see the blessing is there but it makes me want to be different by their fruit you shall know them okay so the last one is he gives peace my peace i leave with you my peace i give you not as the world gives okay we have the peace that passes all understanding things might be difficult and things might be hard and the storms may come but it is well with my soul because when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea, sea billows roll whatever my lot you have taught me to say it is well come on with my soul he gives peace in the midst of it all he gives peace in the good in the bad and in the ugly he gives peace to you so those are the things you do when you're blessing someone you give them all of that in jesus name isn't that beautiful has that sort of changed the way you look at god bless because <laughs> that's what it is it's like, I'm like gosh you make people's lives better you make their brains bigger you make their hearts swell you edify everything about a person's life when you bless them in the name of the lord it's not just two words is it god bless bless you it's so much bigger and when you do that you're blessing yourself and you bless god because that's the way it works blessed to be a blessing the final thing okay about the reciprocal relationship i just i do want to show you a video because i want to show you what happens now this video some people don't like it it's two minutes long okay what time is it we got time is it okay is it okay so this video it is a proper experiment I, this isn't just me i didn't just set something up all right you're like let's call it experiment don't know right no this is a proper one harvard university la di da look at me all right so <laughs> And it is an actual experiment. It's not easy to watch. Okay? Okay, heads up. It's not scary, but it is something you will be, oh, when you watch it. It's two minutes long. Lee, have we got it? Excellent. Can we? Go for it. I'll stay in the spot until you can see. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Human response to the emotions and the reactivity and the social interaction that they get from the world around them. This is something that we started studying oh, 34 years ago when <coughs> people didn't think that infants could engage in social interaction. Wow! 
in the still face experiment, what the mother did was she sits down and she's playing with her baby who's about a year of age. I'm like a girl. Oh. And she gives a greeting to the baby. The baby gives a greeting back to her. Yeah. This baby starts pointing at different places in the world and the mother's trying to engage her and play with her. They're working to coordinate their emotions and their intentions, what they want to do in the world. And that's really what the baby is used to. And then we ask the mother to not respond to the baby. The baby very quickly picks up on this. And then she uses all of her abilities to try and get the mother back. She smiles at the mother. She points because she's used to the mother looking where she points. The baby puts both hands up in front of her and says, what's happening here? She makes that screechy sound at the mother, like, come on. Why aren't we doing this? Even in this two minutes when <coughs> they don't get the normal reaction, they react with negative emotions. They turn away. They feel the stress of it. They actually may lose control of their posture because of the stress that they're experiencing. What he goes on to say is that the baby was fine, it was only two minutes, but even in two minutes can you see what happens when you are detached, when, when, when you pull away? Because there's two sides to that, isn't it? Relationship is reciprocal, we look for that, babies look for that. That's a one-year-old baby, looking, mimicking, joining in. Look how close that, that is. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, these are not, you know, you imagine, that's two minutes. Imagine if a child has been brought up in that age of five, never had any of that. How do you learn that stuff? Your brain shrinks down. God is shining his face on us. He never looks away. You know, that is so not what our relationship with God is. We are the ones who turn away, isn't it? But you know, when you, can you see what withholding stuff does? Can you see what that does? I mean, that's a baby, but you know, make no mistake. You can break an adult's heart, can't you, by withholding. You know, there are some adults who are more vulnerable than two-year-olds. And you can withhold stuff from them. Our relationship is key. And our attachment to the Lord is an absolute priority. You know, if you want the deepest and most intimate of relationship with God, you have to be attached to him. His face is shining on you. He is giving you everything that he has got to give you. He's given us Jesus. And what he says is, keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. Keep looking. I'm here. I'm here. Keep looking at me. Things are tough. Don't look over there. Look at me. I'm here. And he is that reciprocal mother. He is a loving and huge father. You know, he is every parent you ever needed. And when he looks at you, he is looking at the pinnacle of his creation. And he adores you. So he never puddles his face away. If you need him, just look full in his wonderful face. Yes? You need to look full in his wonderful face. And remember that some of the bad stuff that's happened, we can heal that in Jesus' name. All you need is to be the one good thing. 
Do you see the difference you can make? And it's for Jesus, and it's in his name. This is, this is important stuff. It's important stuff because people's lives matter. Don't they? People matter. And that's why your relationship with God matters. When we go on about a personal relationship, that's why it matters. It matters. Because you've changed yourself more into his image, but you've changed the lives of people around you. It matters, church. You matter. And your relationship with God matters because it benefits us all. Okay? Have a great week. Be blessed. God bless you. May you he keep you, protect you, and give you favor. May his face shine upon you. May his grace be with you. May he turn his face towards you, and may you know his peace. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.